morning. It's Monday, February 23rd. You're waking up with Danny. Thank you guys for being here on another exciting week. Hope you all had a great weekend. I missed you all last week as I was out of town. But I'm back in the saddle, baby. Back and on the attack. Back in black. I literally am wearing black this morning. Black hoodie. So let's get on with this business at hand. Sometimes we mess up the facts. But we own it on corrections. Waking up with Danny. Sometimes on waking up with Danny, we get it wrong. And when we do... Well, we like to say so. Last uh, show that I was here, it was a couple weeks ago, I made a reference in the corrections to Chicago. This is getting very meta, but I need to correct the correction. Chicago wasn't the town. It was Grand Rapids, Michigan. And it wasn't eight inches. I believe it was eight feet. Snowdrifts of eight feet, which was a record at the time for Grand Rapids. I think they should rename that town to Grand Snowdrifts ring to it. Really nice ring. In fact, can we say Grand Snowdrifts and get a little ding afterwards? Grand Snowdrifts, Michigan. Woo, I like that. Let's try it again. Grand Snowdrifts, Michigan. Life is good. Moving on. It's time for the weather. Another messy day for air travel, but Monday was already looking just as bad, especially for flyers scheduled to fly to or out through Dallas. As of 10.20 p.m. Eastern on Sunday, airlines had grounded about 1,135 flights and delayed another 5,030, according to a flight tracking service, FlightAware. No sponsor. That compared to the 1,600 grounded and 3,400 delayed on Saturday amid wintry conditions in several parts of the nation. But there will be no reprieve for flyers. Once the new week begins, cancellations already pouring in for Monday ahead of an ice storm expected to hit North Texas. Well, what can we expect this week? Brutal cold. Wind chills will plunge to about minus 40 Sunday. Parts of North Dakota and Minnesota as another Arctic blast barrels through. As the work week starts, other cities will endure mind-numbing freeze. Chicago's wind chill will be 20 below zero on Monday. And on Tuesday morning, Boston will suffer a wind chill of minus 20, while New York and Philadelphia will grapple with wind chills of minus four. Nasty temperatures, my friend. You know it's bad when parts of Texas will be covered with ice. Up to two inches of sleet will fall in the Dallas-Fort Worth area on Sunday and Monday. The National Weather Service in Fort Worth has said this. And in Kentucky, the massive weight of snow on a roof of a Walmart may have been enough to crack the walls. The store in South Williamson was evacuated and closed indefinitely after store employees detected the cracks, apparently caused by the load of snow on the roof. And the roof slid off the top of a home in Concord, New Hampshire, leaving nothing to protect the family from the relentless snow. Imagine that happening while you're sitting down watching the Oscars. There's that ding again. Didn't ask for it that time. How about a joke? What do you get from sitting on the ice for too long? The answer, Polaroids. Current temperatures, we got 56 in San Francisco, 51 in Los Angeles, 
18 in Albuquerque, Dallas 27, San Antonio 36, Miami, Florida 71. Up in Chicago, though, negative 5, Minneapolis negative 12, Billings 14, Boise 23, Seattle, Washington 37 degrees. In general, the Midwest is supposed to remain kind of cold and chilly, going down, stretching down, if you will, all the way to Dallas and into San Antonio, Texas, whereas the West Coast and the Southeast are warming up. 82 in Miami, 66 in Los Angeles, 63 over in San Fran, Cisco, returning to normal temperatures, and up in New York City, 27 degrees. Stop the traffic, see what's going on. Look for slowdowns and accidents across icy roadways, especially on your commute this morning when everyone's trying to get to work. Wherever there's ice, there will be accidents, and wherever there are accidents, there will be sadness. Just stay safe out there, folks. The uh, rural roadways where there are no icy conditions, that's looking pretty clear, pretty good. So, bottom line, folks, if it's icy... Either stay indoors or just drive extra slow. Extra slow. Just remember this sage wisdom, this rhyme I've always used myself uh, that, I de- that I came up with and developed from scratch. When the roads are extra icy, keep it really nicey and slow down when you go downtown at 10 miles an hour if it's icy. Just rolls right off the tongue, doesn't it, folks? Headlines and things, it's time for the news. What does it all mean? Headlines around the world, it's time for the news. Awaken up with any news. Japanese Crown Prince Naruhito has made a call to remember Japan's wartime past and the horrors of World War II. Remarks that come as Prime Minister Shinzo Abe seeks to recast his country's wartime history in a less apologetic tone. Yet a river ferry carrying up to 140 passengers capsized in central Bangladesh on Sunday after being hit by a cargo vessel, killing at least 48 people, officials said. A rescue operation was underway, but it was not clear how many people were missing. And the Walmart, the frequent focus of advocates for low-wage workers, is giving its lowest-paid workers a raise. The company said 500,000 full-time and part-time associates, more than a third of its workforce at Walmart, U.S. stores and Sam's Clubs will receive pay raises in April to at least $9 an hour. That will be $1.75 above the federal minimum wage. And once driven to the brink of extinction in the United States, the population of Mexican wolves has doubled in the past five years. There were at least 109 Mexican wolves, or lobos, in the southwest in 2014, up from 83 in 2013. U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, FWS, announced Friday, February 13th, in its fifth year in a row, the small population has grown. In 2010, there were just 50 Mexican wolves, or lobos, in the wild. The Mexican wolf, Canis lupus baileyi, a smaller subspecies of gray wolf, was hunted out of the wild in the United States by the 1970s. The stock market! The Dow Indexes Money's and money's and matters Money's and matters and money's and matters
mutual funds and lots of Honda Motor Company on Monday named an experienced yet little-known engineer as its new chief executive, who will take over in late June with the Japanese automaker battling the fallout from a slew of recalls that have shaken its reputation for quality. Takahiro Hachigo, 55, joined Honda in 1982 and has worked across research and development, R&D, procurement and manufacturing with spells in the United States, Britain and China, where he is currently a senior official at the research and development arm. He will replace Takanobu Ito, who is stepping down after six years in the post that saw Honda struggle through the global financial crisis, natural disasters, and more recent damaging recalls. And across the U.S. Midwest, the plunge in grain prices to near four-year lows is pitting landowners determined to sustain rental incomes against farmer tenants worried about making rent payments because their revenues are squeezed. Some grain farmers already see the burden as too big. Now they're taking an extreme step, and one that hasn't been widely seen since the 1980s, breaching lease contracts, reducing how much land they will sow this spring and risking years-long legal battles with landlords. Tensions add to other signs the agricultural boom that the U.S. grain farming sector has enjoyed for a decade is over. On Friday, tractor maker John Deere cut its profit forecast, citing falling sales caused by lower farm income and grain prices. Today in history, a lot of things have happened. Maybe a man flew to the moon. Maybe a baby was saved by a bamboo. We'll get to the bottom of this and much, much more. History. In 1980, Eric Haydn wins all five speed skating golds at Lake Placid Olympics. In 1980, an oil tanker explosion off of Pilos, Greece, causes 37 million gallons of oils to spill. And in 1945, U.S. Marines raise a flag on Iwo Jima, causing that famous photo and statue. You know the one. And in 1904, U.S. acquired control of the Panama Canal Zone for $10 million. In 1886, the London Times publishes the world's first classified ad. Waking up with Danny, talking about life and death. Today's birthdays in 1965, Michael Dell was born. 1949, Marc Garneau. In 1940, Peter Fonda was born. And in 1939, Matt Helbert was born. In 1868, W.E.B. Dubois was also born. But did anyone die this day in history? The answer is, of course. In 2003, Christopher Hill, an English historian, died. In 1995, Norman Hunter, a writer, dies at 95. In 1990, James M. Galvin, an American scientist, also dead. In 1976, L.S. Lowry a painter dies. 
1945, Aubrey Cousins, Canada Sergeant Victoria Cross, dies in battle. In 1931, Nellie Melba, Helen Mitchell, Australian soprano, beautiful singer, also dead. In 1903, Albert Cochin, a composer, dies at 57. In 1900, Ernest Dowson, an English poet, also dead. George Thomas Smart, Carl Franklin Goss, Halley Fraser, John Keats, Mary Ann Collett, Tambo Tambo, Carl French Gauss, Joshua Reynolds, Stanislaw Lesinski, and George Muffet all died today. John Guttenberg, the German inventor, also dies. And in 155, the year 155, Polycarp, disciple of Apostle John, arrested and burned at the stake. At least we don't do that so much anymore. Let's get that ding. And let's move on to something else. The quote. Time for the quote. Sometimes you will never know the value of a moment until it becomes a memory. Dr. Seuss. And the word of the day, modus operandi, a noun means a particular way of doing something, especially a person's typical mode of operation. The etymology from the Latin modus operandi and modus, mode, plus operari, to work, the earliest documented use was 1654. World peace is brokered with soda, is Coca-Cola's modus operandi, day in and day out. Plus, as noted, Oregon's modus operandi is to run the score up, regardless of margin. And whatever your views on the modus operandi, the anti-sec movement did provoke a broader debate over security vulnerability disclosure practices with far-ranging implications. And you know you gotta learn something today Make your life better The more you know, the more you know You'll make your life better You gotta learn something today. You make your life better. And the more you know, the more you know. Today, I learned that most Japanese schools do not employ janitors or custodians. Japanese education system believes that requiring students to clean the school themselves teaches respect, responsibility, and emphasizes equality. One of the more intriguing results of making students responsible for maintaining a clean school is that with no janitors to clean up after them, Students in Japan do not learn any of the condescension for janitors, custodians, or cleaning staff that is common in many other countries. By having students clean schools themselves, students do not see themselves as above such work. 
and students remove their shoes at the entrance of the school. They place outdoor shoes in a small square shell called a getabako and put on uwagutsu, or indoor slippers. The getabako, or shoebox, is used for storing shoes, but it doubles as a kind of informal letter in which notes for the student can be left. Students in Japan do not have lockers of their own. These shoeboxes are the closest students come to having a private place to keep their personal effects. Many people, however, consider the getabako dirty from the shoes and avoid leaving notes or other effects there. The uagutsu tend to be a soft canvas tops with rubber soles. These indoor slippers protect the students' socks from unnecessary wear and tear, provide extra traction on the linoleum floors, and provide a little extra warmth in the winter from unheated classrooms. And every public and almost all private schools in Japan require students to wear uniforms. In Japan, the requirements that all students wear a school uniform is meant to enforce a sense of equality and teamwork among the students. To ban the public exhibition of status symbols such as fashionable clothing and limit in-school distractions to education. The use of indoor shoes and slippers is another means of enforcing a uniform dress code. Should be noted, however, that students do not view this as a requirement. Taking off one's shoes before entering school is simply what people do. Well, that's gonna do it, folks. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Waking Up With Danny. A special shout out to Jason and Jenny for covering for me for last week. You guys did a great job. Join me next week. I'll be right here. And we'll do it all over again. If the fates are willing. 